Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and with me today in the studio is June Wakabayashi, who is an analyst at AppWorks. Um, he said his dad is Japanese and his mom is Taiwanese, and that's why that last name. <laughs> anyway, hi June. Hi Shirley. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Very, yes. uh, very much a pleasure to be here today. Right, right. So, um, but you were born in the states. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I'm although I'm half Japanese and half Taiwanese by blood. I was born and raised in the U.S. Yeah. All right. And、uh, what did you study? So、uh, in college, I majored in finance,、um, and then after at NYU, and then after graduating, I worked for a company called PwC for a few years. Uh, but after that, Price Waterhouse. Price Waterhouse Cooper is correct. One of the right, big four Coopers, accounting、right. firms. So, what is AppWorks? AppWorks is、uh, both a VC and startup accelerator.、Uh, we're based and founded in Taiwan, and so essentially that means we both invest in startups and also help、uh, incubate them. Oh, okay, and I thought it had to do with apps.、Uh, originally, it was focused on developing the mobile ecosystem here in Taiwan back in 2010, when when our founder、uh, started the company.、Uh, but since then, we've grown to encompass、uh, a lot more than just app companies, but actually specifically、uh, those startups focusing on internet, AI, as well as blockchain. Oh wow! This I've heard of those terms. But they're still very foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, blockchains and、um, okay, what not? But all right, and you're an analyst, correct? Yeah, at、uh, AppWorks. So,、right. what's your job? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's well, analyst is just a title, right? So everyone sort of charts their own path at AppWorks. For me, I joined the company about two and a half years ago. And my mission at, at AppWorks, especially being one of the very first foreign hires at the company, is essentially to make AppWorks a household name in a region we like to call Greater Southeast Asia, which essentially is Taiwan plus Southeast Asia. So essentially, we're trying to、uh, position Taiwan as this hub within this greater region, this very fast-growing, dynamic region called Southeast Asia, where we have been a little bit less known since we only started expanding there about two to three years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah, you do travel around, and and so you travel to those countries you just mentioned. I mean, mostly Southeast Asia. Yeah, correct. So、and、probably wh- wh- about twenty percent of my time. Right.、Oh, okay. So why do you travel to those places, and what do you do there? Yeah, I mean, if you look at Southeast Asia, it's home to about six hundred fifty million people, right? And so, if you were to consider it just one country, it would probably be the third largest in the world. Uh, it's growing incredibly fast, with countries like Vietnam and Indonesia really contributing the bulk of that growth, anywhere between six and seven percent、uh, GDP per annum. And、uh, in terms of internet penetration, although only half of the total citizens in this region have access to internet, it's growing very, very quickly every single day.、Uh, so that, in and of itself, is incredibly attractive to early stage investors. Right? It means that a lot of the consumers in this region are just now. Coming to terms with consumer affluence,、uh, digital penetration, and transformation, so it creates a lot of opportunities. So it's my job here at AppWorks to really help position AppWorks as a go-to VC fund if you're looking for funding, or a go-to startup accelerator if you're looking for resources to help develop your business. As an analyst, when you go there. What do you analyze? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I go to these countries on the ground,、um, I'm doing 
a variety of different things. Uh, number one is essentially uh, just networking, um, getting your name out there. This includes going to different conferences and events, having one-on-one meetings with investors and founders and other community partners. That sounds more like a marketing manager. It's effectively <laughs> a, a BD role. You, you could think about it, uh, but honestly, this term BD can apply to any part of Wait, uh, your job. BD? What are you doing? Business development. Oh, okay. Yeah, correct. I'm sure you have your lingos here. Yeah, yeah, Gotta that's right. Go slow with me. Sure, <laughs> <Okay>. no problem. <laughs> okay. Apparently, you've been to Vietnam like ten times. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's really developed there, right? Right. No, now. actually, it's huh? it's not actually that developed. Oh, maybe it's, it's more developed it's, touristy wise. Tur- tourism wise, wise is quite yeah. developed for sure, but it's still very much uh, an emerging economy, right? Okay. Um, in the last fifteen years, that's when the country has really experienced a lot of its economic. Economic growth, um, so it's it's the country has experienced a level of economic prosperity that has never seen before. Uh, on top of that, it is the third uh, largest population in Southeast Asia, growing very very quickly, yes. and half of the population is under thirty five. So it's just creating <gasps> a lot of opportunities in the startup space right now. That's why really? it's very very exciting. Correct. Wow, and I thought that you know Taiwan being a, a country with you know high aging population, and I thought that's sort of like a trend in the world, but you just said that. Yeah, most what? What was the percentage again? Yeah. Are less than thirty-five years old in yeah. Vietnam. Essentially, half of the population is under half? thirty-five. Yeah. Oh correct. gosh. Okay. Now, why is that? Because the rest of the world is aging, whereas they're. What does that mean? Well, it's actually. Did you ever get to analyze that? It's, it's very uh, consistent with a lot of the emerging countries. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So if you huh. look at countries like South Korea, Japan. And Taiwan, uh, the, fertility, the fertility rates are very, very low. Oh. There's, there's not as many new children being born. Uh, in emerging countries, uh, where there's just a lot of uh, economic growth, you're going to probably see a higher amount of children being born every single year. Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Yep. You know, when I first looked at you, and then you said that you studied finance, I was going like, you don't look at it. Yeah, was uh, it really in your interest? I mean, seriously, or it's not pressure from your parents? <laughs> Tell the truth. It's, it's a it's a very good observation because honestly, I think that I'm the most uh, non-sterny. So Stern is the uh, business school that I went to at NYU. Non-sterny uh-huh. that you'll ever meet. So finance, honestly, was just like this default path that I chose. My brother chose it. I figured it'd be a good foundation to have. I didn't really know what else to do, so I figured it was a good, uh, safe choice to study in school. And and I'm actually quite grateful I did choose that path because uh, it allowed me, it equipped me with a level of business acumen and understanding of companies and corporations that allowed me to do what I do now very effectively. True. True. Well. Well, thanks to that. So, thank your brother, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess in a sense, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it sounds like you're. I'm very much like you, because I think I grew up not really knowing what's best for myself, and and actually, I'm the kind of person who doesn't really know how to make decisions for myself because my dad is a, a strict dad, you know, and he was the one kind of like, um, I don't know, drawing the blueprint of my life. In the beginning, in the beginning, okay. Like, you know, um, we started, when I went to the international school in Tokyo, they st- the last two years of my um, high school years there, they started the IB um, program, the International Baccalaureate. And so there was economics class. And my dad said, take economics, it's good for your future. <laughs> I said, okay, sure. Then when I went to college, naturally, I, st- I majored in economics. Um, well, I added math later, but... You know, and now I have nothing to do with those, right? (laughs) Nothing to do with economics. But anyway, 
I think you're better off than I am. <laughs> you know, I think you touched upon a, a very interesting uh, cultural issue that is rampant, and not only in Taiwan but a lot of Asian, Asian countries, countries. And that's uh, having success already predefined for you from a very very young age, and it, huh, it usually yeah. entails getting uh, top scores, good grades, going to Taida or an Ivy League equivalent, becoming a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, right. getting married, having kids, buying a house, and done. You're set for life, <laughs> you know. But gosh, like after traveling for so much, you you start to understand that success should be defined by what makes you happy and what makes you fulfilled yeah. and what you derive meaning from. And there's many many different forms of success, not just the blueprint that I laid out for you. Mm. And so honestly, it's a Uh, initiative that I'm quite passionate about, especially here in Taiwan, is just trying to empower the younger generation here to mm. challenge that mold and really find out what makes them like what makes you you. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's a journey that I've certainly been going. It's a constant journey. It's a work in progress, but I think uh, I've definitely broken out of that mold. I mean, look at where I am today. I'm in Taiwan working <laughs> here. Most of my colleagues in uh, NYU are probably still working corporate jobs, working finance or banking, or consulting in New York or San Francisco. For me, I've completely gone off the rails, and here I am yeah. now. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Very interesting that you touched on that, and I'm really glad that I've you know interviewed quite a lot of young people nowadays doing what they like most, and not just only one thing, but maybe two or three at a time, you know, and and they're good at it, and mm-hmm. and enjoying it. And exploring the world while they're doing that, so I admire that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. really do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, are you good at math? Then you know why I ask that because you're in finance, <laughs> and that just makes think, think you have to be good with numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I do fit the typical Asian mold of being good at math. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm, I'm extremely good at it, but it is a foundational skill set that I've needed to develop for sure. Yeah. So you just have one sibling? Yeah, just one older brother. Correct. And your parents are very happy what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thankful to have had very supportive parents from the very beginning. Oh, that's good. Um, I mean, I've, I think they did try to uh, put that mold on me growing up, but I think they long realized that we're, my brother and I are just going to do what we want. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm very fortunate to have them trust us enough to want us to have a good life, and eventually we'll be able to support them and be financially stable. And and then they that's what you want for your children, right? For them to be happy and financially stable, be able to you know raise a family successfully. Right. You feel obligated to support your parents. Um, I do. Uh, I think yeah. that's just an inherent part of uh, the cultural values that yes. uh, I grew up with. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that uh, my parents have done to their parents, and I think they passed on that values to my generation. Uh, I mean, I think in Taiwanese culture, there is this um, concept of xiao sun, which is essentially yes. you have to take loyalty, loyalty, filial piety. Yeah, filial piety. So, uh, despite growing up in the U.S., I think that was still very much a big part of my upbringing. Hmm. Okay. Whereas on the other hand, I think it's because your parents had, you know, the the Western, the American uh, culture influence, that they're very open to accepting what you're pursuing. Whereas you know, Asian parents are not so. They say, no, 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 no. You got to study law, or you got to study, you know, medicine. 
you know, that kind of thing. Although I think things are changing in Taiwan, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I think that parents are more open to supporting um, what the kids, you know, want to pursue, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, yeah. Yeah, so. I, I think in, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have been born and raised in uh, a Western culture, but especially still with an Eastern influence, uh, especially when it comes to work ethic, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in Western cultures and education systems, they place more of an emphasis on individualism and creativity and self-empowerment and understanding. And um, I think these are phenomenal um, and have a huge impact in helping you understand who you are and what makes you tick uh, growing up and really helps you develop and understand what your true interests and passions may lie. Mm. So is your brother, your older brother, still in finance? Yep, he is. Oh, okay, so, so he's he going is down a more doing... traditional path, yeah. Oh, okay, but he is doing what he loves, though. Yeah, he loves it. So <laughs> more power to him. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, what kind of uh, things do you do on the side besides app works? I mean, interests, hobbies, things yeah. you are thinking about pursuing, maybe someday in the near future. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's uh, definitely a whole variety of different side projects that uh, I do on the side. And I think that's also one of the biggest advantages of living in Taiwan and also with my current job is you, you do get afforded that luxury here in Taiwan. It's just such a comfortable place. It's kind of like a playground almost where you can pursue these uh, side hobbies. So for me, uh, whether it's uh, doing some personal writing on the side. Or, writing? Yeah, okay. Yep. I mean, a big part of my job right now and also my previous job was uh, interviewing and writing people, putting out thought leadership uh, and putting out content, English content especially, uh, to help educate the public about what we do. So writing is something that while I'm not super great at it, I do it pretty decently. Oh, you mean like letting the public know what app works do? Yeah. Yeah. So when I told you that one of my job, my primary job right now is to make uh, AppWorks a household name in greater Southeast Asia. Of course, a lot of that is through networking and meetings. But the other side of that is also through uh, writing, publishing thought leadership and content on a website or a blog or on international uh, media channels as well. Well, it sounds like June Wakabayashi is doing more than what his title entails, analyst. So we're going to find out more next week on In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. 